The Casket of Fictional Delights is pleased to present a new seasonal short story, Fishing for Keys, by guest writer Liam Hogan. The reader is Kieran Phoenix Chantrey. Fishing for Keys, by Liam Hogan. The hook was two foot through the letterbox before I clocked the old geezer. I'd been aiming for the keys. I always go for the keys. With a key, you can let yourself in nice and quiet-like, pick up wallets and iPhones and anything else you take fancy to on the hall table or beyond. That's the upside. Downside, if the keys are at home, so's the owner. Doesn't matter much. You wait till Corey or Enders or come back later when everyone's tucked up, safe and sound, like in this gaff. Only this guy wasn't tucked up at all, was he? He was stood as still as a statue, at the bottom of the stairs, watching me, watching him. He hadn't been there when I lifted the letterbox to take a look-see. Okay, yes, it was night, so yes, of course it was dark, but enough yellow light spilled from the streets to show the keys and the empty hallway. I'm not a muppet. He must have crept down while I was unfolding the folding tent pole. Who'd have thought a big guy like that could move so quiet? I crouched down so instead of the letterbook's view of the midriff of his dressing gown, I could look up and see his barrel chest and bearded, grizzled face. Like I said, he was just stood there watching. Well, blow this, thinks I, as he didn't seem in no particular hurry to raise the alarm. I inched the pole even further in. Still no reaction. I wondered if maybe the old coot was sleepwalking. My nan used to do that, though I never saw it. Maybe he thought he'd heard a noise and got up to investigate. It was freaking freezing. Maybe I hadn't waited long enough before making my move. Or maybe he was just a light sleeper. I'd thought I'd been pretty quiet. In fact, I'd been busy congratulating myself on how super ninja silent I'd been, right up to the point I saw I was being watched. But hell, who just stands there as they get robbed? I decided that until he actually did something, I might as well continue as is and push the tempo the rest of the way. You can't pick up a key lying on its own, just not possible, defies the laws of physics. I know some who say you can, you just need to stick a water chewy on the end. I've tried it and guess what, it don't work. But a key on a key ring never sits flat and the little hooked piece of coat hanger at the end of the pole doesn't need much of a gap, you still have to be careful. It is always best hooking away from you than towards you. Towards runs the risk of a heavy bunch of keys clattering to the floor. If there was a back to the table, you could make it a lot easier by pushing the keys across till they can go no further. They always rise up, some at that point, but I guess I wanted to do this one as quick and neat as I could, given I had an audience. I was aiming to pick up the keys exactly where they lay. The bunch wasn't big. Two keys, one yell, one chub, and a little metal key fob. Probably a St. Christopher, or a badge from some antique car long since crushed. Maybe even one of those fake coins for shopping market trolleys. My nan used to have one of them. Saved her rooting for a pound at the supermarket. But that was just detail. The key ring was sitting high and proud. Simple. Well, kinda. It's still like threading a needle from six foot away. The good news being the eye is pointing towards you. I gave the owner-occupier another once-over. As far as I could see, he still hadn't moved. Static. 
as fixed as an East End boxing match. The hook was hovering over the table now. Every tiny movement my end made it waggle in the air like a drunkard. I had to concentrate. No sudden movements. There, I thought. But damn it, not quite. There was something behind me. The hairs on the back of my neck were quivering. I kept trying to look out of the corner of my eye. When, like bloody Luke Skywalker, it was done. The keys were on the end of the pole. Hallelujah! I lifted them clear off the table to check they were secure. Then, and only then, hazarded a look over my shoulder. The head that was hiding me from the street twitched. And then a head emerged, small and black. Two gleaming yellow eyes jerk in my direction. The cat freezes and its body seems to shrink. We stare at each other for a moment. Then the cocky little bastard lifts his head once again and strolls out of the hedge and down the little side alley, lord of all it surveys. My heart was pounding and I began to think my leg had gone to sleep. But you know what? During it all, I kept that pole as steady as can be and there wasn't a single jingle, not even a clink. How cool was that? Once the cat had gone, it was quiet again, real quiet. I wasn't surprised. It was brass monkey weather and there was absolutely no one about, except me, the cat, and I suppose the old man. I began easing the pole back towards me, still waiting for the old man to finally wake up and come running over and knock the keys off the hook. But nothing. I didn't bother folding up the pole as I pull it out. I kept my eyes on the prize, making sure they don't go slipping off now that I'm so close. Worst thing in the world if they slipped off just next to the door. No way in hell to get them up from there, even if they didn't go waking the dead in the fall. Then, a Hello Kitty badge dangled just in front of my nose, close enough for me to hook the keys with the rest of the coat hanger. I stopped. I'm thinking to myself. I'm thinking all kinds of things to myself. Maybe he's called the police. Maybe he'd done that from upstairs. Well, I wouldn't hear him, then come down to watch what happens. I mean, if he tried to stop me, I'd run off, wouldn't I? Down the alley and into the allotments beyond, scot-free. But if he let me continue until the cops arrived, I'd be toast. Next stop, a guest on the world's stupidest criminals. Also, what if I did get the keys? I was hardly going to use them, was I? I mean, I'd be opening the door and there he'd be waiting. And he was a big bloke, you know. Not exactly tall, but broad. He wore some sort of belt instead of a cord round the old fur-trimmed dressing gown. I bet he'd been wearing that antique during the war. Maybe both wars. I'm not talking golf here. What would there be worth stealing from his pokey little end of terrace anyway? Another thought, Hello Kitty. Not the sort of thing you'd expect from a guy with that much facial hair. Presumably, he had a kid, or given quite how long and white the beard was, a grandkid? There's nothing that prods an honest citizen into self-defence, like having someone else to defend, especially a nipper. I should just drop the damn keys and show a clean pair of heels. Then yet another thought occurred to me. How cool, how return of the Jedi would it be if I put those keys back where I got them? I slowly eased the keys back over the void. The pole going away from me seemed to jiggle. I was beginning to feel the strain. The Hello Kitty tapped against the sideboard edge with a little clunk. I tilted it slightly, eased it on a half foot more and slowly lowered. Perfect. Hardly a clatter. Super stealthy. 
As it lay there, I twisted the pole gently till the hook came free. I took a deep breath and this time removed the pole at speed. I was just about done when I thought to look up at the old geezer one last time. His face was as impassive, his eyes sparkling, and as I watched, he slowly nodded, turned and went back upstairs. A pair of black boots instead of slippers the last thing I saw. Well, if this were a ghost story, I'd pass by the next day and find an ambulance parked outside. The driver would casually mention someone had complained about the smell, and they'd broken in to find nothing but a red cloaked skeleton, the wearer having died months back, or a thriller I'd read in the paper about a violent siege, a crazy gunman shooting up the neighbourhood, killing bystanders, the cops, and eventually himself. Distraught locals saying how he'd always kept himself to himself, such a quiet, jolly man, wondering what triggered it all. But it ain't either. I didn't ever go back. I never heard nothing more about it. I'm sure you think I've gone soft. Thing is, I'm glad I didn't take those keys. Glad I didn't break in. Sure I'd gone there, looking to take, to steal. But instead, he'd given me more than he knew. Or maybe he did know. Because that nod was respect. More than I ever got from my dad. More than I ever got from my mum. For all that she loved me. And a hell lot more than I ever got at school or on the YTS or when I worked down home base. The only person who ever looked at me like that, like I was a person, not a walking screw up, was my nan. God rest her soul. And besides, I always thought it was a bit shitty robbing someone Christmas Eve. Know what I mean? Now, does anyone want to buy a top of the range DVD player? Fishing for Keys was written by guest writer Liam Hogan and read by Kieran Phoenix Chantray. Don't forget to look out for more Storycasts to download at thecasket.co.uk, where you'll find a selection of short stories and flash fiction. <laughs>